Well, in fact, if we go, if we went back to the idea that it had to be formed under massive spinning mm-hmm. yeah. force, so this huge centrifugal force that created this disc shape oh, anyway. It could have volcanoes that were erupting and the lava going like outward, like, you know, sideways. So you have these, yes. these sideways volcanoes. Yeah, spinning yeah. flat earth spewing lava out from <laughs> the edges. Yeah, and as, and as, as a, wait, and that works yeah. as as it spews lava over the edge. That's mm-hmm. when you start forming the continents. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got it. That's pretty metal, I gotta say. Hi, this is Philip Shane. Welcome to What the If. A few weeks ago, we were invited onto an awesome live program on YouTube called the Non Sequitur Show, hosted by Kyle Curtis and Steve McRae. Kyle and Steve asked us to come on board and have fun with them playing the flat earth concept. We also talk with Kyle and Steve about how is it that people believe in such things with the goal of not making fun of people or putting people down. Science education is something I'm passionate about as well as Matt. And Kyle and Steve have a lot of experience with this. Understand your audience to better help convey your message. If you enjoy this, subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week. Also, if you could go to iTunes and just leave us a review, awesome. And now, Matt Stanley and me, Philip Chang, appearing as special guest stars on the Non Sequitur Show. Welcome to our guest tonight. Uh, they have a very successful podcast. Let's say hello to Matt and Philip from What the If. Hey, guys. Howdy. We're glad that you're uh, joining us to get through some flat earth stuff and um, try to see what would happen if the world was actually flat. Uh, Let's jump right in. And um, I'm going to let Matt and Philip introduce themselves and let you guys know what they do and why they do it. And um, then we'll jump into what would happen if the earth was flat. So whichever one of you two guys wants to kind of take it and say a little bit all right uh i'm matt uh i was once upon a time i worked in physics and astronomy then got interested in history and philosophy got seduced by the humanists uh and now i teach uh, history and philosophy of science at nyu i'm particularly interested in how science actually gets done as opposed to how we think it should get done or how we want it to get done because uh, the stories are way better when you find out what's actually happening that's cool. That uh, cool see i think matt is cool and that's how i found that's cool. how we created this show he sounds I, really cool he's really cool <laughs> he's really cool actually i i um i've known matt for quite a while now and uh, i will say i sat in on his um, carl sagan class one summer right that was amazing actually that, that was really quite an experience um going back and watching cosmos again watching the original cosmos again is it quite a trip um i'd forgotten all the fashion statements <laughs> the yeah. it's all about the turtle which explained Carl. the old snapshots of me from the time <laughs> uh, i burned all mine as yeah. well everybody was living in the 70s burn yeah. them get rid of them Thank yeah. You. yeah 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 unless you got uh, hickeys keep one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Philip Shane, I'm a documentary filmmaker, and uh, if I have to define myself, you know, I actually started out in science. I'm a lapsed, woefully lapsed uh, scientist. When I was much younger, 
Um, like I grew up loving cosmos and science and uh, especially physics and astronomy and also engineering a bit. Uh, when I was 16, I uh, won a contest with a, a group I created in my high school. Uh, NASA held a contest for kids to submit ideas for a, a experiment that would fly on the shuttle, on the space shuttle. And uh, we won this thing. And so I then wound up in high school, you get to intern, you know, somewhere in, like in your junior year. So I ended up being an a intern at the Goddard Space Center in Maryland, where I was growing up. And then went to University of Maryland and I was studying engineering physics. And so I was like, on, it was cool because like I was on the outside and the inside of these different things. Um, I could talk more about, I kind of, I was at NASA probably for about four years, I think. Um, again, as a lowly intern, but I saw a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, but I also enjoyed the arts and theater. And I found uh, by going into film and eventually actually into documentaries uh, that I could find this interesting place between science and the arts because it's like documentary i'm learning things just like you would in science um but now humans are my subjects <laughs> <laughs> and i found i had a lot more power and uh didn't have to deal with the math which i confess i i'm embarrassed i, I just that was one of the things that stopped me but i love the computers and stuff anyway um Long story short, uh, ended up making a lot of documentaries, and I've uh, worked mostly as an ed editor originally. Um, I worked on a lot of interesting projects, uh, both cinema verite style, as they call it, and uh, more historical or interview-based. I got to work on, um, related to this show, I got to work on a show with Peter Jennings at ABC News called, uh, a two-hour documentary called um, UFOs, Seeing is Believing. And uh, that was also a National Geographic thing. So that's, uh, I learned a ton from that about the, uh, the, the soft science, pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, met a lot of people there too, which was quite interesting. Um, some wow. years later, I ended up directing um, a documentary about Einstein. And uh, Matt was one of the people I found um, who had done a lot, done some research and could speak amazingly uh, in that particular case um, because Matt has studied both science and religion. Um, what was the title of your book about uh, Eddington? Practical Mystic. Practical Mystic. We're a wonderful book about Arthur Eddington, um, who was one, the astronomer who was the first to confirm Einstein's theory of general relativity by uh, taking photographs of how stars appeared to move, appeared to change position in the sky because of uh, the curvature of space-time around the sun. He was also a Quaker and uh, conscientious objector to World War One. Anyway, amazing, amazing story. Found Matt. We became friends throughout that process. In fact, here's a funny story that I think you remember this, Matt, right? That uh, the day we, we did interviews in Los Angeles and in New York. And oh, so yes. <laughs> we flew. If people were not native to either of those cities, we would fly them to one of those places and we would interview there. And, and you were in, were you in Illinois at the time? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. In the Midwest. And uh, so we flew him to New York, put him in the New York batch. And uh, we were all set up. We were doing interviews. I interviewed Michio Kaku and Neil Tyson. And I mean, it was just fantastic. And a lot of other authors. And uh, so Matt came in for his interview day and sat down and said, uh, you had just literally just walked from getting hired at NYU. That's right. That was a good day. Yeah. So that was a profitable, and it was paid for by Left hey. Right, uh, mm -hmm. by History Channel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy. Um, 
damn <laughs> i am i'm like super jealous right now uh you you literally just like you literally Stole described uh and name yeah i think it's you know what though i'm so glad that we um came into contact with each other though because yeah uh, i listened to several of your episodes and i think you're a perfect match for this show in terms of basically about what you just said you just summed up because the the things that you guys cover the uh, the space aspect um religion yeah and the fact that you did interning at nasa you are you have just triggered so many uh flat earth <laughs> flat earthers that are watching all because, right um, that means that you are a certified shill you are one of the uh yes. the cgi oh uh God, illuminati dream come true is a dream come true we got one you. more just like when you said i do have the hair <laughs> the aliens yeah. So every time, every time Philip says NASA, we get one dislike. I don't know if there's a correlation yeah. there, but coincidence. Correlation? <laughs> Who knows? You've made it, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Be called a a show. You've made it. This yeah. is a uh, this is a pinnacle day for you. Fantastic. Well, I must say, when I worked on, um, I was so I was an editor, not a producer, but some of my friends who were producers on that UFO show, probably to this day, still get nasty you know, emails or comments on Reddit and things like that for, for, for basically we sure. investigated, you know, UFOs and we had explanations, which was not a good thing. So, Oh, you didn't get to meet any aliens. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I would have sworn they were aliens. If they were human. <laughs> we, we know what you mean by that. <laughs> we have, we have a video that it's actually the first video that we did for YouTube, like the first actual we had a podcast before, and then the first actual video that we did for YouTube, it was our debate. It was the first thing that we did, and it's been probably nearly 200 videos later, and that still gets like 15 comments a day calling Steve and I. Um, we're paid by NASA. We're shields. We're part of the Illuminati. Yeah. Um, there's no curvature on that same on that video. I mean, it's 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 wild how people will not let a grudge go. I mean, never. <laughs> yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Although some of the nice, so, honestly, um, some of the so nice people I met, uh, you know, have, I went to some of the conventions and stuff, and it's a different thing, obviously, when you meet them, meet people face to face. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're normal people for the most part in real life. They claim to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're as normal as any of us. <laughs> you know, a, I've just I've discovered there's a range of normal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're normal, but but wishful thinking is something they all have in common. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or whatever you call yeah. what do you call it. Uh, yeah magical that's a, that's thinking magical thing yeah that's a good point so we're going to talk about um if the earth was flat tonight you kind of want to start us off by what would change or um what would need to happen if that was the case yeah yes what the if uh <laughs> the earth were flat uh and by the way, this is this is a way we this, speaking of meeting the people and, and, and saying that they're nice and, and enjoying meeting them is I, I do find it actually genuinely educational to this is sort of what we do on the show. So take an idea and say, well, before we throw it away, let's just let's go with that. But we it's the one one rule we have for ourselves on, on what the if is we allow ourselves one if one thing, one big weird thing. So if we say the earth is flat. That's fine. Everything else we try to stick to known science. Um, yeah, so the yeah. shill allows us to do <laughs> take one pill, half a pill. We have no, to, like you know, yeah, so this is, this is yeah. sometimes a challenge. Yeah. 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 So Matt, Matt awesome. uh, 
take us, take us, let's, let's all get together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to, you know, like a, like a Disney ride, we're going to sit in the car, um, like at Space Mountain. Uh, so each of us, one after the other, um, no seatbelts, but we do have that bar comes down, put your phone in the little pouch and your glasses and whatever. <laughs> and off we go. Matt's in the front car. What do we see? I'm scared. <laughs> As well, you should be. Um, one of the things we need to start out fairly quick is exactly what we mean by flat, right? Because uh, that can mean a bunch of different things, right? Um, and because usually when people say, I think the earth is flat, what they really mean is, I think it's not round. And that's not actually all that helpful, right? So when you say it's flat, like, what do you mean? Does it have an extent? Um, is it like a bottle cap or like a piece of paper? You know, behind Steve, we can see a, a square version of the flat earth, right? Um, I find most flat earths tend to be round, if you'll pardon that confusion for a moment. Um, and then they have some thickness. So they're like a, uh, uh, well, like a millstone or a, um, Occupy. what do you call those? Pies. Hockey yeah, it's kind of like yeah. kind of like a pie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got some thickness, mm-hmm. and we happen to live on the top of that, right? Um, and I think the the big distinction we need to draw is between that kind of thing and an infinite plane, where the Earth just goes on and on and on forever, right? Which is a pretty cool. That so, would be pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah. So before we go to the, before we go to the other ideas, yeah, that one when, when we talked about this on our show, uh, just. It's fun to stop at this one image for a second. Imagine the Earth mm-hmm. is flat and goes on infinitely in all directions. Um, then the Sun definitely. Again, we don't, we can't change. We have to keep as, everything else as real as possible. And flat Earthers would agree that the Sun does. What is the, go whatever the, the explanation sky. is, it comes up mm-hmm. and it, you know goes overhead and then goes down uh, every day. Sun goes overhead, so um, the Sun would have to be coming up through a hole in that infinite <laughs> plane and then down through another hole. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so let's, let's kind of envision this. So there's either, either it's an infinite plane mm-hmm. right. or it's, it's a finite plane. Okay. I have a finite plane here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Forever. So if, if the sun went below the horizon at some point on an infinite plane, it would have to be because there's some kind of hole for it to go. It through. would have to go right through the surface. Yeah. Of the earth. And if it's yeah. a finite, then it can come somehow go, it can go around, around it. Right. Yeah. Or it can can it possibly ever stay on top and just go around the Tropic of Cancer or Capricorn? Well, so it's an interesting thought, right? So how could uh, is there any way you could reproduce the motion of the sun that we see with an infinite flat plane? Um, uh, and I don't th- think so, unfortunately. Right, and well, that's the, the hole itself actually has to move as well because the sun, you know, based on how the sun changes position you know it's it moves across the sky so the hole would have to move yep, with it that's oh, right right yeah it would have two holes one where it comes up and one comes yeah. where it comes to, you know it'd be uh, a groove actually like a long like a um, yeah like a cutout right maybe that's what yeah. it is oh that could be that could be yeah you know, like an art cutout or something mm-hmm. yeah it'd yeah be such a cool the, place to visit. the cool thing is that you could go visit this it'd be amazing right yeah. it wouldn't be that far from hole to hole come to the sun hole Yes. <laughs> so you pack the family in the station wagon. Yeah. Um, and you drive to the sun hole and you get to watch the sunset, literally, right? It literally sinks through the surface of the earth and goes, uh, I guess, to the other side for a little while. Yeah. 
Cool. <laughs> and that's why it's only like three miles across at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it would have to be. Yeah, the sun. Well, so and, yeah, and, and then also, by the way, this is how scientists in that world probably would be the first and easiest way to, to figure out how thick is the planet, because they could look through the go to the hole and look down. Yeah. yeah, that is true. Right? Yeah, I mean, you have to have some kind of thickness, obviously, right? I mean, the the model that I have here has mm -hmm. obviously a little bit of thickness to it. Mm -hmm. As we drill down, there's a, a component on the on the X, so we we know there's a certain point now. On, on a what if situation, if there was an infinite plane, though, what's like on the other side? I mean, what is, is there still more universe? Is right. It, well, that's an interesting question. And it's not, I think you've probably got a few possible choices there. So there could be a whole other mirror Earth surface, like there's Australia on the other side. Um, and they all live perfectly normally um, in the same way we do. They just happen to see the sun out of phase with us. Well, we know that's not true because Australia, they get paid by the Britain to just pretend that they exist. That is a true news story. That is not a, that, that, that is the thing that um, it was in the Guardian, I believe, wow. that, uh, that Britain sent a, uh, a, a like a, a cargo load full of, of prisoners right. to the island of Australia that capsized and drowned them all. So oh. to cover up the fact that they lost all of those men. They then started paying people to tell everybody they come from Australia to fake the accent and all oh, that. So that's how flat earthers get around. Well, what about Australia being on the other side of the planet? And that is a scarily true story. <laughs> that's Red Eye, we figured it out, man. We know that accent ain't real, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And really, things like the platypus are just too absurd to actually exist. So it would explain a lot. <laughs> that is almost too absurd to exist. Though. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so the, yeah, okay. So, we, yeah, so the infinite earth has this weird feature where it's got to have these grooves that the sun can move through. And I should say, presumably, also the moon and the stars need to have that as well because they rise oh, and right. every day. Ooh, um, yeah. So, we, each star needs a groove? Well, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Uh, I would say yes. I yeah. would want a separate groove for each one. Um, if it's an infinite plane, then. Yeah. <laughs> And that'd be fun. Kind of wish this was going to be This sounds cool as hell. Kind of wish this was true. My mind doesn't wrap around this amount of complexity, but I'm working on it. Um, it's uh, yeah. So it would be it would be weird, but um, I don't know. Plausible? That's the right word. So so we get now. I could if we step come back a little bit now, having explored that thing. Um, it, it is fun to say basically. Um, if what what we're doing is we find this middle ground between what the flat earthers, what conspiracy theorists or flat earthers are saying and real science. So in other words, it's we kind of have to reverse engineer uh, what's going on to allow the earth to appear to, to, to allow the earth to be flat, right. but to appear right. round, you know, to appear as it is. Right. Um, yeah. So so then that takes us to more of a finite disc right yeah it's, that's right it's, it's hard to make the infinite plane work but the finite disc uh, has a lot more possibilities so the sun and the stars and the moon can just go around the disc right so that replicates what we see in the sky just convenient so we're like a spinning coin yeah yeah now one of the strangest things uh, we discovered once in, in running this simulation was the gravity 
Matt, the, the, the gravity you described right. is something I'd never thought about. Now, actually, you guys could probably tell me whether this has come up in other. Because if we're, if the only thing we're changing is the shape of the Earth, then we'll assume Newtonian gravity still holds. So mass attracts mass, right? Uh, so right now, the all of us are sitting on a spherical Earth. And what we perceive as gravity pulling us down is just that that's where the center of mass for the whole Earth is, right? Every particle of matter on the Earth is pulling on you, and that averages out to what we perceive as down. Um, and that's why people in Australia also feel down, because they're also being pulled towards the center of the Earth. So, fine. Um, on a flat Earth, a disk-type Earth, this is a little more complicated uh, because the Earth, because the the matter that's pulling on you is not distributed in that nice sphere. Right, oh, it's spread sense? out. Right. So if you're standing in the middle of the disk, things aren't too weird because there's matter underneath you, so that pulls you down, and there's matter off to the right, and there's matter off to the left, but they're pretty much equals out. So right in the middle of the disk, it would, it would look like you would feel like what you're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. But if I go to the edge of the disk, say to the right edge of it, now I've got some matter underneath me, so I've got some pull downwards, but most of the disk is off to my left. Yes. So that's the direction that gravity is going to be pulling from, not down, as it were, not towards, mm -hmm. the, not towards the filling of the pie, but rather towards the geometric center of the pie. So as you walk towards the edge of a flat Earth, gra the direction of gravity is going to gradually change until it's essentially pulling along the surface. Right? It'd be kind of like walking uphill. Exactly. That's right. But no, but there's no perceivable hill, right? Yeah. Just as very, you walk. It'll get more difficult as you get closer, though. Your gravity is going to be more, you're going to feel more effect as you, as you go toward the edge, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. It'll get weirder and weirder as you go. Um, so, so trees on this planet grow. If we figure that trees always grow perpendicular gravity. to the force of gravity, uh, otherwise they fall over. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, they this would. is this is God. Wouldn't the edge, like once you got to the edge of this thing, it, you'd be like hanging off the edge of a cliff. Well, once you got over the edge, until you got edge. off, until you got yeah. off the edge, and then you'd be like standing straight up down. on no, the you, edge. You couldn't, would fall, you couldn't fall off. You'd you actually you'd still be on the edge. You'd still be right. gravity, gravity, gravity will still hold you on. Yeah, yeah. gravity right. will still be right. But it would be it would be a relief to go over that ninety degree angle that's because exactly, yes, I, that's exactly like hanging hanging towards north, you'd literally be hanging off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, you would actually experiencing true down at that point, I guess, right? I mean, yeah. I just, I, <laughs> so you guys are saying that you you'd never fall off of the edge of that once you, you got to fall off that point, right? You would, yeah, because the the gravity of the matter that the Earth is made of is still there, and will still pull you towards the center of whatever it is, however it's shaped. Okay, another note ah. about those who say call if they they call it flat Earth that they believe we live on a flat Earth. Um, that means, I guess, we don't live on the edge of flat Earth because the edge of flat Earth is round or square, or you know, it's uh, right. yeah, it doesn't have to be flat. Yeah. So actually, that's that would lead us to the the square. Your um, rectangular oh, flat Earth is more true to the flat Earth. How about like this? But on the edges here, that's 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 a a, a curve of sorts. So it's kind of flat on the top, but kind of 
curvature on the outside. I don't right. know. Right. Well, does it hold to Steve Jobs' principles uh, that everything is a rounded rectangle? <laughs> rounded, yeah. Are they rounded corners? Now, they probably are by erosion. But how they were formed That's initially is another, is another. How the, how, here's another question. In fact, let's go here. We didn't get here on our show, Matt. But how would this flat Earth form? Oh, in the first place? Huh. Yeah. Oh, boy. How would the accretion disk form exactly like this? Right. Exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me ask this before, before, we, before we move on. Because it's, it's tied into the, the, the edge real quick. Yeah. Would that mean that the water... Because if you if you let the if you extend it out in a square or a, or a disc or whatever, what about the water that would mm -hmm. essentially be like if you look at Steve's background, right. would the water fall off or just curve up and underneath? Yeah, the water would just flow over the edge, um, like a, like a perpetual waterfall, I suppose. So each each corner, as it were, would be a waterfall that leads you to another waterfall, back to another ocean. Again, one of the prime wow. tourist spots is going to be the. Right, wouldn't that be awesome? The yeah, it'd be like, yes, it'd be like the uh, global Niagara Falls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, wow, yeah. that would be cool. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's funny that they because there you have different um, groups of flat earthers that believe different things about the right. flat Earth, and mm -hmm. you have the ones that believe that the the earth the Earth has an, a wall of ice around it, just a the big Antarctic. Ah, wall, and then outside of that Antarctic wall, there are a group of people that believe that it doesn't end. Some of them believe that it just ends outside of that Antarctic wall. Some of them right. believe that there is more to the planet that we have not explored outside of the uh -huh. Antarctic ice wall. Right. So, um, the White Walkers are out there, right? That's, I, I think <laughs> the same do. thing. <laughs> Maybe they'll come in with their dragon, their ice dragon, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be and, cool. And swoop in. It'd be cool. Okay, so you're talking about how the 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 flat plane come into existence, and I think that's I an think, interesting question. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't God just use a cookie cutter mold and you know kind of pour it all yes. in? And yep, that's right. It? So the Jello? difficulty <coughs> difficulty here is that even if you come up with a good scheme for making that shape, say God's cookie cutter, which sounds great, delicious, uh, that that shape is not very stable under its own gravity all right this is kind of hard to explain qualitatively uh just with words um but if you take a uh a disc shape gravity is going to pull on the the far edges differently than it'll pull on the near edges and over time that gloms it into a spherical kind of shape right so that's why most planets and moons and such are are around is that anything anything big enough to have a substantial gravity uh, will eventually collapse itself that's like the lowest energy state um, now if you're small enough you can avoid that fate so like there's asteroids that are potato shaped and they'll they'll probably never collapse to a sphere because they just don't have enough mass so if we're willing to make our earth our flat earth much much smaller than our round earth then we might be able to hang on to it for a while. I've, I've never even thought of that. That's a good, that's a very How good point. How much smaller actually. would you have to make it? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, quite, I mean, considerably. I think considerably smaller, maybe, you know, one ten thousandth <laughs> mass or something. Yeah. It, it's see, this, this irritates me a little bit, Steve, that when you hear stuff like this, like how could you still continue to believe that the planet is anything other than a sphere? It would have to be like, 
one ten thousandths of the size that it is now for that to even possibly work. Well, and the key thing that Matt said is that it's as lowest of, of energy state. It, it, it's in a state that it wants to be for an equilibrium type uh, in, in system. So to get this this shape like it is now because of just gravitational forces, that cannot happen and just as we understand gravity because right. it's not the most energy efficient shape. You have to put energy in, a, in the system to make it this shape. It's not the yes. lowest possible uh, energy state. So yeah. flat earthers have to come up with a, with a reason for that. Yeah. So well, I, I can say, I can let's, say, oh, sorry, you, you have an idea. Uh, I can say there's a couple solutions you can do. Yeah. One is to be a young earth creationist. So uh -huh. if the earth is only a few thousand years old, then that's, that's not enough time for collapse. Oh, that's so that's right. a good solution. Good. Another one is to put some spin on the earth. <laughs> so you, you spin really it. Really like spin it. Yeah. And then the centrifugal forces can balance out the gravity. That's going to make it more like a disc, though. How's that going to make it a cube? Oh, that won't help with a cube. Yeah, this is only okay. for a disc. Or, or this more like this, where there's a you know, section of a cube. It's still yeah, I think the, the rectangular flat earthers. Yeah, are, that's not going to happen. Yeah. With a, yeah. Yeah. Most people think it's a, it's a disc, though. Uh, I would say most flat earthers think it is a, a round disc. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, one thing just to reiterate the what the if credo, like the prime directive on Star Trek, is. Um, Again, we try to change one thing. So it, it does, it is helpful because it, it keeps us all from spinning off into all kinds, right? There's an infinite number of possibilities as you like, well, God or this or that. Um, and so the fun thing is to say, okay, now rem let's remind ourselves we're in this universe. The earth is four billion. No, there's, everything else has to be the same. So the earth is four billion years old. It has the life it has. Also, it, it is the size it is. I mean, do 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 flat earthers think that the is there a feeling about how big the Earth is? Do they think it's the same surface of our Earth? It's just flat. They don't address that. Yeah, or not that I've heard. So they your don't, model, uh, your, yeah. your model is literally ceratus, uh, ceratus paribus, all things being equal. But exactly, <laughs> got it. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't mention that anything that anything that actually would go to like substantially defeat their argument. They want to dress like, um, and and it was funny because I think bef actually before you came into the, the call, Philip, we were telling Matt that um, we had one guy on here that, and I'm glad you opened with this, Matt, on the uh, what the if here with uh, about the flat Earth because he literally says that gravity doesn't exist; that huh. it's the theory of down, like that things are heavier than air, so naturally they down. And when when Matt said, <laughs> you know, the down part of uh, of gravity being the same as it is now, that um, that was. Perfect. It, uh, I was perfectly tied in. That's uh, a fan of uh, System of a Down. I <laughs> oh, nice. I agree. Deep cut. Uh, yeah, and I say if you look at you know old theories of gravity like Aristotelian Greek physics, that's essentially uh, the the word. They don't have an explanation for it. It's just a description that massive objects tend to go in a certain direction. But even the Aristotelians knew the Earth wasn't flat. And part of their argument for that was precisely this, was if I'm in Alexandria and I drop a rock, it goes in a particular direction. And then you're in Athens and you drop a rock and it goes in a particular direction. Those two rocks will eventually meet at the center of the earth. And that was actually one of the early arguments for the earth being round. Mm. Hmm. Um, is that if they're all heavy things are trying to get to a certain point where they'll be happy, then they're, then that means we have to be on a spherical Earth. Otherwise, we'd see rocks going in all sorts of crazy directions. Right. 
so if the if we didn't have the ground to stop those two rocks from meeting, they would fall straight through and hit at the center. Yep, hang out. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a misnomer that if, because we always and and I think before Matt talked about that. I mean, I think Carl Sagan may have addressed it in Cosmos at one point, but generally I felt like most people, it's like we would say, oh, back when people believed the earth was flat, you know, like these people still believe the earth is flat as if it's been a continuum that people felt that way. Um, right. But Matt, in, in the Aristotelians were like the first scientists. Kind of. they uh, well, it depends how you want to def uh, define science. Uh, scientist, um, yeah. but there's certainly there's, and I should say they're not alone. So there's lots of civilizations that realize uh, mm. the surface of the Earth is curved thousands of years ago, right? Two and a half thousand years ago or so, um, and it's not always. Uh, generally, the the rule goes, seems to go like this: if you're a seafaring civilization, um, you know that the uh, the world has some curvature to it because when you watch a boat go over the horizon the bottom part of the boat vanishes first mm -hmm. and then the top and then vice versa when it's coming back. Right. Yeah. And the easy explanation for that is just that there's curvature. Um, so if you build boats, you figure this out pretty early, like say the Greeks and the Babylonians and the Egyptians. Uh, if you live on a, f uh, a landlocked area, you probably don't figure this out. So you have some flattish version of things. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but our sort of intellectual tradition that we think of, you know, that kind of gives rise to modern science, uh, very early on, the, the Greeks and the Egyptians and the Babylonians figure this out, that the, the earth has some curvature. Um, and that knowledge is never lost, right? We, we kind of have this cartoon image of the dark ages in our head when people forget everything important. But that's not true. Nobody in Europe ever forgets that the earth is round. They, they know it, they have good arguments for it, they have a good size estimate for it, uh, and that's true right up until the modern era. There, there is no golden era of flat earthers until now. Well, you could have. I mean, with all the civilizations being seafaring, and I was Navy, um, mm -hmm. they couldn't even plot, plot a course and get where they were going if they had assumed some kind of flat earth situation. Right. That's, that would be bad. That's really. Did are there any? Well, uh, if you were a flat earther in the navy, no, that's a great question. <laughs> you'd be in trouble. Uh, you know what? I, I never even heard of such a thing in my entire military <laughs> career. I couldn't tell you one person that thought of flat earth. It wasn't until I got to this kind of form where I realized it was something that actually existed. So I've heard stories of people saying, "Oh, I was ex navy and I was a flat earther." If that that might be the case, I have never met one in real life. Don't um, ask, don't tell. Like, yeah, well, that's comforting, yeah, it's actually. Worse, it's way worse than don't ask, don't tell, because nowadays nobody gives a shit if you're gay. You're flat earther. The, they might do something about it. Yeah. Tell them about the teacher, Steve, the, your your um, your daughter's uh, teacher at the school. Yeah, but I mean, that's not military, but same same principle. I mean, uh, my daughter had a fourth grade teacher that was a flat earther. I just recently found out. Ah, and so I, I think I, I asked the same question. And I'm glad she didn't tell me then because I would have lost my shit. But um yeah, I, I think that we are doing our, our disservice to our children and our future generations by not cracking down on people in positions of education and science, edu uh, uh, science uh, people that go out the communicators and that promote flat earth and things of that nature. I think that, that they should not be in positions to teach anybody. I, I, I've made the argument before, if you're a flat earther or a young earth creationist, I'm sorry, you do not even get a fucking seat 
at the table of science. You are already outside of the what is considered to be modern science. You're you're outside of that that range. You don't get a say. That's just my position. Logic. I mean, yeah. Um, actually, so do take, taking a, a, a small break from the what the if scenario, which we'll we'll jump back into. But uh, I have been curious to ask: Do why is it? Well, I feel like with the it's the internet because we're we're hearing about flat Earth a lot, but mm -hmm. it seems like it's a pretty recent thing. But that's one question: When did it sort of become well, this thing? And the other is: Do 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 they genuinely believe it, or are they just sort of like having fun? I, well, my theory, my theory is no that they don't genuinely believe it. I think that right. um, it it's a way to be in a um, an edgy movement. That it, yeah. it's a kind of like a cool click. Are there some people that believe it? Probably. But I think that but based on the research that I've done into where this came from, like this big wave that surprisingly their their numbers are growing, which is hard to believe. But it apparently is pretty well, you know, agreed upon that it started out as a meme on 4chan that somebody as a trolling posted this long uh, post that, oh, we're being lied to. This is why the planet is the shape that it is. Obviously there are people out there who can't pick up on sarcasm. Right. Especially and, on 4chan. Yeah. Yeah. 4chan right, source yeah. of all knowledge. People not picking up on, yeah, people not picking up on, on, on sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dark dark nowadays, right? Yeah. It's a whole other, um, whole other thing. We've been involved in a, a controversy with that as well, but they, they couldn't pick up on that sarcasm and ran with it. And so it like a domino effect, kept falling and falling and falling and falling. And then you have people who are just jaded for whatever reason and see that, well, these people get a lot of attention. You know, they have uh, the spotlight on them. I want to be in that edgy in crowd too. And it's easy yeah. to sit around and say, you know, NASA lies and make CGI pictures and all that other kind of stuff. But when it comes down to actually backing up their claim with scientific evidence, we've seen it out on this show. I don't know how many times over and over and over and over again, inevitably they fail. And yeah. there's a reason for that. Well, I must say that is quite a difference between, um, let's say, the general feeling of the flat earther person. It sounds like it's more, it's sort of entertainment or, it, in fact, they're running a thought experiment in some ways, which is, look, I'm credit for that. Um, so it could be a teachable moment, as we say. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, they don't really care. that. Like, in other words, <laughs> one sort of, place to go for a little bit of evidence would be that well who who cares the most like these scientists who are really like no you really should understand this it's round and here's why and why we know it's round is like amazing like there's so many human achievements <laughs> involved yep. in coming to i mean the fact that we could take a picture from the moon right of the earth is an astounding achievement so um and and that we yeah. knew it was round before then anyway um but uh the difference between flat earthers and let's say the UFO uh, believer community, let alone alien abduction, mm -hmm. they experienced something. Now, a lot of flat earthers I've heard say things like, well, I don't see it, you know, and, and so there's that fallacy, the eyewitness belief. Mm -hmm. But um, people with UFOs and stuff, they've really experienced a whole lot more emotion about it. Like they're really fervent about it. 
Yeah. Well, I believe a oh, lot yeah. of experiences have actually experienced something. Now, yeah, I, do, I don't right. think we've ever been visited by aliens. I think it, that probably aliens might exist in other places, but they're not, they're not coming here. They're staying far yeah. away if they know us. Yeah, that we've, yeah. But, I wouldn't come here either. Yeah, yeah. They're like <laughs> quarantined. Stay away from them. Yeah, um, quarantine. Yeah, they're we're we're like an. The, we're like the innocent of the universe. Hardly <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, blame him for that, right? Yeah. Oh, you got that on 4chan now. I know the anus thing came from 4chan. Oh, I don't know. Philip, I just, uh, <laughs> let, let me tell you how bad it gets, though, Philip. Um, you, you weren't in the with us yet, but I was telling Matt, I had a guy two nights ago, and I showed everybody the messages on our show last night. Um, he's coming on August the 9th. He is convinced 100%. And I mean, it's immovable. I have asked him all the questions and tried to suss out if he was a troll or not, but he's serious. He's got a YouTube channel with videos on it. He does not believe that viruses exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. And I think to a certain degree, you know, part of this, part of the problem here is the way science gets taught at essentially all levels is that information just gets dropped on students, but not the reasoning for that conclusion. So students mm. get told the earth is round. The earth goes around the sun. Yeah. But yeah. can they explain how we know that or why those are good things to think? The answer is very often no. Like I'll bet if I grabbed a PhD chemist, you know, next building over here and said, give me evidence that the world is round, they probably couldn't do it. Good point. Yeah. Right? That's a very good point. Um, and this this bothers me on a, a deep level. Um, like with Steve, you know, so I have children and I hear them come home and say things and make conclusions. And like, you're really not who's telling you that there's got to be better ways to think about these sorts of things. Mm. Um, and that's worrisome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just we just talked to Aaron uh, Ra just yesterday about this very thing. And we all agreed on this wholeheartedly. Um, and I've been saying this for a very long time. Critical thinking skills. Um, learning about contemporary rhetoric, how to analyze it, learning basic logic um, should be taught at, at a grade school level. Yeah. Uh, there are ways of understanding these concepts where you don't have to get too deep into it. But I'm, I'm like you, and I agree that I, memorizing things by rote memorization is fine for certain things. Okay, we all have to go through that. There's only so much information you can be imparted as, as you're growing up and you're in the educational um, system. But rote memorization fails you when asking questions as to why and what why do you have justification for these things and for saying that you believe this or you know this and i think that's a shortcoming we have in our educational system and yeah. i think that that's something that needs to be addressed of saying okay we really want you to learn some of these reasons i understand sometimes they're complex reasons and you have to take it with a grain of salt and they'll tell you like when i was in nuke they told you <clears throat> sometimes you're not going to understand this now this is the way we're explaining to you you'll figure it out next year okay mm -hmm. That's fine. I, I can get that. But at some point in time, you do address it. But I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I guarantee it. And I'm planning to do something like this one of these days, a man on the street kind of thing. Hmm. But I asked you, maybe 10 random people that same question. Can you give me a, a justification why you think the earth is round using evidence of something? I don't think probably any of them would be able to do so. Mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised. Good point. The yeah. one step that always bothers me that's missing is uh, they don't genuinely have a desire to learn something absolutely right and they would rather like part of their insisting on this is like i don't want to learn anything so okay. i'm going to keep you away with just by just rejecting you so like like you might in a class you're like i just that it also goes hand in hand with the i don't care i don't really care kind of thing it's like yeah. it doesn't um uh 
I uh, once, uh, somewhat related to this, I, I got to work on a short documentary about Jim Simons, who's the head of the Simons Foundation, and uh, who, Jim Simons, uh, in his youth, uh, had uh, was a mathematician and came up with um, a theorem that uh, he, he made his name on this theorem in mathematics. It was important. And um, went on to actually become... Someone said to him, he was earning a little bit of money because he was a mathematician, and a friend said, uh, you know, you should probably invest your money. What am I, it's in the bank. And he said, no, no, you know, in the stock market. And he was like, well, I don't, I know nothing about the stock market. What am I, and they said, no, 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 you're, you're smart. <laughs> Take a look. So he looked at it for a little bit, and like a genius might, he said, oh, I get it. <laughs> and he created, uh, I think it was called Renaissance Technologies, one of the first of the uh, hedge funds or whatever, the investment firms that used high mathematics, right? The quants, they call it. Right. Um, so he, he kind of started that movement and um, is now, I believe, the seventh richest man in the world. Um, and when yeah. he retired, I mean, I think throughout his career, he supported a lot of, he did a lot of philanthropy, but he's been retired for a while now. And, and one of the things he created was a, a program called Math for America. And he said he started it because he, uh, he had kids in first, his daughter or something in first grade in a very, you know, very well-to-do school in New York. And he went there to meet the teachers. So he met the English teacher and she was lovely and she talked about, oh, well, this is how we teach them to read and these are all the things, the activities we do and so forth and great. And she you know, was really into her job. He went down the hall and he met the math teacher, first grade math teacher, who giggled and said, you know, he basically said, I don't really know a lot about math. <laughs> and he was sort of horrified, oh, no. as you can imagine. And he said, uh, well, what happens, you know, if, when you try to do it, what if you, someone, what if a kid has a question? <laughs> <laughs> about how to do something and you you know I said, well that's why we have mrs wilson down the hall and he 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 clicked for him and he just thought can you imagine if the english teacher had said the same thing i don't really know how to read yeah yeah that's a good shouldn't that be the first requirement if you're going to be a math teacher is that you know a little bit about math some math yep <laughs> yeah yeah you're, and that it's, so, right? it's socially acceptable that you can be this way you know, just like it's silly to me that anchor people, for instance, you know, how, how common is it for reporters talking about some technology story? Oh, I don't really know. Well, you know, but, you, but yeah. they do, you know, kind of like, like for some my stats teacher uh, in college, he was a uh, actual, he was a coach, which actually at the time I really did, you know, but I think about now, yeah, you've got to know stats. I suppose. You know, yeah. Right? yeah. And yeah. so he was really good at it. But at the, <laughs> at the time, I was like, why is a math teacher? I mean, why is a, a football coach teaching? this level maths, but makes sense. Makes sense. Actually, if it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does he know yeah. a little bit about statistics? That's, that would be the key thing. Yeah. yeah. But he pissed me off because on the first test, um, what one question was you can do a or B, you didn't have to do both. And I did both. And I, and I aced the entire exam, but the last page I didn't finish because I ran out of time and because it wasn't really clarified that you had to do both. And so I only got to be on that exam and I was pissed and I was like, screw this course. I remember when I, first I time, I'm done. <laughs> first time I went to Las Vegas, I remember, you know, seeing all the like the guys who were running like the craps table. And I just thought, well, oh, look at these, you know, kind of frankly, these kind of meatheads. Um, you know, they're just these guys who are here, here, you know, loping around, working here and da da da. And uh, within five minutes, I realized, whoa, they are like 
processing so much math, uh, running, you know, handling all the chips mm-hmm. flying back and forth, six games happening at one. I mean, just the amount of um, things that they were doing. And so it's just a good example of a way to find. That's how that's all of the world to do that. I've seen a bunch of um, things about what goes, you know, at casinos and how those guys have to be aware of so many different variables that are, you know, trying to hit them all at one time that I, yeah. I would just, I'm, my, my attention span is not that great anyway. So I would not be able to even focus on one game. I don't think, but I yeah. think it's impressive for them. Like to the, pay, the payouts for each, you know, there's all these different squares on the table. If that's all, you know, and you win a different amount to literally complicated odds, three to one, two to one, four. I mean, all this kind of crazy stuff. And they figure that out and they manage you know, people throw them tips and they're able to separate that. And, right. And everybody's watching, like they can't make a mistake. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think this actually, Whack. believe it or not, yeah. it does tie back to the, uh, flat earth yes. and sometimes creationist problem too, which is there's, um, there's different ways to know a subject like mathematics or science. And sometimes it's entirely possible to have an extraordinary grasp of the application of a subject without understanding any of the fundamentals Right. So like the guys running the blackjack table, they're amazing at their job. But if I asked them what they thought about the girdle incompleteness theorem, which is also math, mm-hmm. they probably would not have a lot to say about that. And like, that's OK. And right. similarly, you, you don't want a professional mathematician running your craps table. Right? Absolutely. Um, so this is this ties to something I noticed some years ago, which is that. Uh, you know, creationists make their own scientific societies, right? Where they sit around and talk about scientific creationism. And they were largely populated with doctors and engineers. Huh. And this often seemed strange because you'd think those are people who took a bunch of science classes, right? Right. Um, so it's not entirely clear to me what's going on. I don't know if it's a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing or the fact that they have this they have this highly practical applied knowledge, but they don't understand the fundamentals. But because they're good at the applied knowledge, they feel like they must understand the fundamentals. Surely they understand the basics. Well, there knowledge. are some people that think differently. I mean, there's some people that grasp abstract concepts a lot more than concrete. Sure. Things. And so, um, you know, I have no problem with the person who has a PhD that understands things very concretely, but maybe not abstractly. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't think a single person is really good at everything except for a few geniuses that have obviously been uh, throughout history. Like me. That's right. With, with obviously <laughs> Kyle. I mean, he's, his theorems obviously. are just, yeah. The I write one every day. I write one every day. Um, but, but yeah, so I mean, maybe that's another thing that should be part of the, the educational system, not just maths. Um, but abstract reasoning uh, and yeah. and things of that nature. Matter of fact, math they should start earlier. Um, I I didn't even get exposed to algebra till eighth grade, and I think that hobbled me. Um, I really wish that they would bring in that earlier. And I just had heard from my my daughter's um, stepdad that they're no longer going to be teaching geometry in in certain um, levels anymore. They're going to be replacing it with algebra, and I think that's a great change. Wow. But it's then like, again, it, it then lowers the abstract reason because right. <laughs> geometry is a lot more abstract. So it's a trade-off. The geometry, because you could draw 
things. It actually was one of the things that drew me in. <laughs> well, you had a ruler, so it's even better. Dude, I can't even use a ruler. <laughs> I am the most lamest draw. I can't draw a stick figure. My dad did architectural work and, and, oh, wow. and, and knew, was a brilliant drawer. Yeah. I mean, didn't inherit a single gene of that. <laughs> well, the just stick laughs at me how bad I, I draw stick figures. Do you believe triangles exist? Triangles don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is a, you can't make one, yeah. This is an ongoing feud here on, on the show between, between the two of you. I'm, I'm right. It's, it's not. It's, I didn't know it was even debatable. Um, I, I can draw you one now. Triangles exist. Not a real triangle. No, well, I should say that's that's actually a profound philosophical conundrum um, because there's an important sense in which no, there is no perfect triangle out there, right? And this is kind of what got Descartes going on his proof of God, but we can put that to the side for the moment. <laughs> um, but this, you know, that shows the importance of, at the very least, defining your terms, right? What do you mean by triangle? A uh, three-sided object. Yeah. Yeah. So that's no problem, right? I mean, I can make a three-sided object right, right. now if I want. Yeah, but then the mathematician will look at it and say, well, that's not really a triangle. Well, I, you're I, not I, taking into account that we don't live in perfect Euclidean space. Yeah, I think, we're we're, not, it's not <laughs> so I think what you're doing is, an, is an encouraging a, a man who's having a, a midlife crisis. I, hey, I'm borderline <laughs> into what's called myriological nihilism, where objects don't even exist. So yeah, we have quite a few ongoing um, tips between Steve and I on, on things where we uh, colors is another one. Colors oh. don't exist. Colors don't okay. not, not that colors are different for every person, which is right. They just don't exist. They're a phenomenon. They only exist in the mind, so they don't have any, any existential properties. So you have to do it on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the one that smokes pot, but I'm the deeper thinker. I don't know. Maybe I got to smoke pot. I don't know. Yeah. Medicinal. Medicinal. It's all medicinal. It's all medicinal. When you when you deal with the some of the the subject matter and the, the individuals that we have on here, yeah. I feel like medicinal is the appropriate word for me because yeah, he, yeah. I can see that actually. So, so um, let's let's you jump back. Hi, you should try that. Go to, if you're in a state what? that doesn't, you're in North Carolina, one of the last holdouts, right? You're going to be yeah. the very last state to ever legalize marijuana. Go to a doctor and see if you get it prescribed and have them watch one of our dumpster. That's what, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just put, here watch this and you'll understand. <laughs> Uh, so, so jumping back to um, what the if on the flat earth, is there anything else that would have to be that, or that would change? Dramatically? Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't think I'd mentioned this yet. One of my favorite tricks on a flat earth is that there actually is no horizon. Huh? Right. So, so when we say there's the horizon, I can't see anything past it. The reason that horizon exists is because of the curvature of the earth, right? There's some, there's some part of the earth that's on the other side of the curve that my eye can't make a straight line to, right? But if the earth is flat, there's no curvature getting in the way between me and anything I want to look at. So if I have a sufficiently powerful telescope, uh, and you know, assuming there aren't like mountains in the way or something, I should be able to see anything on the earth. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, but the, there are different types of horizons, right? Right. I mean, you still mm -hmm. you may you, there's the one relative to the Earth, but you still have a horizon with respect to the universe, right? Oh yes, so that's, that's right. That's that's right. There's cosmological the, horizons. The, the, yeah, the astro the astro astronomical horizon. So yeah. that's still going from your 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 vision out. But you're right. There'd be no your your true horizon would be either a, like an infinite plane. It wouldn't exist because yeah. you could you 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 just be 
parallel would be great. Time, so right? if you you want to watch the World Cup, just get a sufficiently powerful telescope. Yeah. And point it at Moscow. Oh, that'd be uh, cool. And you could watch, right? No problem. Well, uh, when you said when you guys said when you said that you know trees would closer to the edge start growing back toward the center of gravity is so mm -hmm. backward, right? <laughs> if you were able to see like to the yeah. edge, I guess would you be able to see the trees actually start to kind of as, yeah, as they, they, they were cool tilted, they? They tilted. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So you'd be able to tell how close to the edge you were by how tilted the trees were. So only right. at the true center would you have a pole that's orthogonal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Or that's cool? that one tree. That's the tree of life. Then. Oh, okay. oh yeah. look what we've done here. This is flat Earth confirmed. Flat Earth confirmed. <laughs> the tree of life. How about that for a uh, an outcome you didn't expect? That's right. Now, yeah. now I I think one logical uh, continuation of the idea though is that if in the universe flat Earth is a thing. Okay, so let's. We're therefore we're saying that instead of spherical or in addition to spherical things forming, flat disks can form for whatever reason. Therefore, we should see flat disks all over the... We should see flat planets. Right. All over the planet. I was sent flat flat sun theory the other day. Oh, Ooh, nice. Ooh, right. that's so, good. Yeah, oh, you so were not. On my Facebook page. Yeah, flat th sun theory. Yeah. So, um, and this is... I think that that's a, a important thing to think about if you're a flat Earth cosmologist. Is, is, is there something special about the Earth? Or is every celestial body similarly disc shaped? Um, yeah. And if so, like, why don't we ever see any of them edge on? Um, and yeah. those yeah. tricks me as those are those are genuine questions to ask. You know, that's not just you know telling somebody they're stupid, but like, look, these are the consequences of thinking through the ideas that you're basing this claim well, on. Well, it's always trying I to make the earth. I mean, the even thing is the whole. Well, one sec. Go ahead. I was, I was just, the the, uh, the Copernican principle was we talked about with Rick Delano and Robert Sunjanis, uh, you know, they want to make the earth special, right? So mm -hmm. they will use all these mathematical manipulations and Galilean transformations to try to make the earth the center of the universe, which actually mathematically works. You can totally do. Yep. do. But when I asked him, well, what excludes me from doing this to any other body? Why can't I make Jupiter this exact same thing? Mm -hmm. He fully admitted, well, you could. But the only thing that's that's preventing you from doing so and making the Earth se separate and special is because God has decreed it to be that way. But but they also think that that planets are not planets; they're lights. They oh, think well, okay. some, some mm -hmm. like your well, the the ones that we've had on here. I'm I'm just going by those. They when when asked that question, what are stars? What are what are planets? They think they're lights. They're just bright lights in the sky. Well, they think the moon is a emitter too. So. So, I mean, they, they wouldn't, uh, some of them wouldn't need to explain how planets are not flat, but round because they don't believe in the planet at all. They're just bright lights. Mm -hmm. they're, they're holes in the firmament. Yeah. Right. God's radiance yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, when we were talking about that once, uh, we actually did a show on plate. We, we did a show where we took Plato's universe and we created a space program in it to explore it. <laughs> and, um, Matt, you mentioned that. Well, one of the first things that would happen would be we bounce, we would knock into the first crystal sphere. So that was an right. issue, um, and discover that the moon was merely a pearl set in this crystal sphere. But had if we then figured out a way to drill through the sphere uh, and, and get through it, that you said there was a belief in this cosmology that the stars were the souls of the dead, or not yet born, but yeah. Oh, or not, or, or not yet born. Ooh. So cool. The so cool. It's a reincarnation kind of scheme. So yeah. every time it's a supernova, is a you know, is a death of a star, it's a birth of a baby. 
Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. That'd be great, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't think the population mathematics quite works out there. But math doesn't matter when it comes. What would a shooting star be? What would a shooting star be? Abortion, drunk driving. Well, oh, actually, man. so shooting stars are below, are within the atmosphere. They're not actually stars, so that helps. Ah, huh. true. True. There we go. Shill. I, I uh, flies. NASA lies. <laughs> having this conversation, um, the the possibilities. I almost wish, kind of. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but. It would be kind of cool to have a flat Earth and see a sun going into a yeah a hole. <laughs> no, or, uh, sun hole. Honestly, this is curve. yeah. This is what drives. This is what makes me psyched when we do our, uh, our take these thought experiments and do our show because it's like we you, you you actually in a way start to see just like when you really explore science that first the thing seems really hard to learn and you're like eh, but then when you learn like the real things that go on you're like well that's totally amazing so the flat earth people i think are missing out a lot by not you know trying to be rigorous or at least taking their logic further and further um now that's a good point. they also don't yeah. want to spend the time to actually learn the real science i mean they, they <clears> don't <throat> either have the uh the mental ability to do so or they don't have the desire or Either or they don't bother to actually learn what they think they're debunking. I have yet, I don't think any of us have ever met a flat earther that I would say this person, I would go to them to help me, you know, on a test, math, a math test or a physics test or anything right. of that nature. They have no Debbie. concepts of even basic stuff. I mean, the sad Debbie. thing is the lack of inspiration. Except for Debbie. Yeah, I'd go for Debbie for, for other reasons. Yeah, lack of inspiration is a. I think is a is hitting the nail Such on the head. Such a downer. It's like, I got this cool idea, mm -hmm. flat earth. Awesome. But you know that's it uh, it's, it's just it's just yeah. a, something to argue with um but now now i will observe though uh interestingly in, in our universe there are flat disc things like uh the solar system in a way it has yeah. a christian discs outside black off as a, yeah it started yeah. off as a, as a, as a as the galaxy yeah yeah, yeah. It flattened um yeah so those are things that have a good spin on them um uh -huh. so if you get a good so if you take a cloud of dust or whatever, right? Um, its tendency is to collapse in on itself and will eventually form a sphere. Um, but if you give it a good spin, which happens a lot because you get like tidal forces and things, then it flattens out into a disk mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then eventually clusters further and then we get planets from that. Um, but yeah, so the disk shape you see a lot in nature. Uh, like you said, the solar system, vaguely yeah. speaking, is a disk. The Milky Way, vaguely speaking, is yeah. a disc, right? Um, accretion discs around a black hole and so on. Ripples on a pond. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So spinning can fix a lot of those problems for you. Yeah. Right. So it'd be interesting to say, to calculate, uh, as Matt, you often say, when these things come up, you say, well, this would be a good project for a postgrad, yes. <laughs> uh, extra credit. If, if the earth is, that the earth, the flat earth did get formed because the earth was rapidly, was created under very <laughs> rapid, spinning mm -hmm. thing then how f you'd have to you could actually figure out the diameter of the earth uh based on how fast we would have to be spinning for this amount of mass to have created this yeah right. disc. and that would tell you we, we can look at the stars and see how fast we're spinning mm -hmm. right. it huh. takes 24 hours to go around and so right. you could then figure out what the what the diameter of the earth mm -hmm. has to be um and I, I think I, I would like to continue with the idea that there are these flat disks everywhere. 
like that. <laughs> that's did. absolutely. We, you know, this is a fun kind of thing. We've given. We said yes. You can have flat flat Earth. We got that. We're not exactly sure how it formed, but uh, generations okay. to come will figure out how this. But Philip, then you run into another problem. Okay, yeah. so we got we got the, we we are going to do what if if it's all flat, if those planets right. are flat. Yeah. But now these flat planets have to be facing us this way. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Right? We can't now, be edge on. Now they do kind of tilt in their orbits, and we do actually see you know different size of uh, sides of the planets. So how how's that going to work? True. Out? Yeah. Well, but, we, but we, everything seems yeah. to be racing away from us too. Mm -hmm. So there are weird things there. Right. But that so we might just be on the lucky flat planet that we are kind of face on to a star so we get you know good diurnal heating and such um but if you're if you have, if you have bad luck and your flat planet is edge on to the sun or the nearest star then you're not uh, going to be very habitable right and we don't not see those because they're edge on yeah so there's more, many many more planets in the solar system we can't see but they're they're just edge on, and you can't. Right? And for some reason, always stay edge on to us. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that gets a little weirder there. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. It's, Steve, wasn't there somebody that um that said at one time that there was like this? I can't remember how you describe it. Almost like syrup in space. It was like oh, the ether? a gel. Oh. Well, I mean, there was there there was there was Lorenz Ether that like Dell was trying to talk about. It's called it's called frame dragging, but yeah. um, they they actually have that in relativity too. But the ether was supposed to have been this medium that the light used to promulgate through, like a, like like sound waves through ocean, light waves would go through this ether. But um, they, they I think they they, they didn't really try to syrupy, but they, they said that ch I think the changes in ether according to them caused refraction. That is why we can see things that are actually over the curve. Um, that normally we couldn't yeah. see because of refraction, but that's because yeah. of density yeah. differences in the ether. Mm -hmm. I, think. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. You need this to was get a professional flat earther here to, to sort that out. I need to. I need to. I need to. Uh, like look back and try to find that because the way that he described it was that it was almost like syrup or honey out in space that above the firmament, as he described it, because he was. You know how they were saying the, the firmament keeps out the waters that are above. Well, it wasn't really waters. It was more like a a syrup or a, a gel waters and gel form uh, substance cool. i, I, I can't remember the guys uh, a universe full of maple syrup i'm down for that yeah, yeah something like that no, you're not canadian but, you're, you're, um <laughs> well, what about how would the uh, what about that let me ask you, you guys that how would that work because there are some flat earthers that think that there is a firmament a dome a glass Oh, uh, actually we had uh who steve who was the guy that uh, that said that um the the, the glass ceiling that yeah, hillary spoke about my, my mad mike hughes AK yes Rocketman. yeah mad mike hughes said that um hillary clinton made a slip up when at the convention said we're about to break through the glass ceiling she revealed oh, wow. <laughs> the firmament. The Illuminati had to shut her down. Yeah. After so that. she had to lose. They took her off stage. Right. And her away. <laughs> oh, that's right. fantastic. In fact, the, the, yeah, the Hillary that. that came back may not be awesome. Hillary. Right. Or, um, really yeah, but that was it. And serious as serious as a heart attack thinks that, uh, that's, that's proof that there's a, a dome, but some of them actually do think that there is a, a dome that is above the planet. Yeah. I should say there's, it. there's a clear scriptural reference for that mm -hmm. with, um, uh, the floods in the Hebrew Bible that it's described as the heavens cracking open and the water coming through. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes sense. COVID has the canopy theory, but they have this weird belief and I still have not isolated it yet. 
but they seem to think that in order to have a pressure gradient of like the atmosphere, you have to have a container. Now I took fluid theory and I took thermodynamics and I yeah. took physics, general physics. Mm -hmm. There's no theorem out there that's like that. There's no law. The closest thing is what's called Pascal's pressure law, yeah. but that's only if you do have a, a, a container states that the pressure exerted on an enclosed fluid at rest will be transmitted equally and out throughout the fluid into the walls of this container. It's how yep. hydraulics works. But I can understand. I, I can. I can understand the cognitive error, right? Because our everyday experience of gases, say, is that if they're not in an enclosed container, they dissipate, right? They they don't hang out and certainly don't create a, a pressure gradient, right? Um, Whereas that, that, but that everyday experience of working with gases um, doesn't translate very well to entire planets of gas <laughs> under the effect big, of gravity. Big, massive planets with gravity. Yeah. Um, and that's a mistake that uh, happens a lot, I think, is that people have their everyday experience of, you know, flat floors and balls falling down mm. and try to extrapolate that to planetary or cosmological scales. Um, and it turns out that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. okay? It takes a lot of careful thought to extrapolate the flat floor in your basement to the earth as a whole. And it's also uh, it's interesting because I, I still maintain a sense of, I still find it disturbing, although now, now in a fun way and different from when I was a kid. But I believed that the earth was round when I was taught that. And then at some point realized, or I'm sure I saw a diagram that showed that people in Australia uh, are facing the other way. I mean, right, that they're hanging. They're hanging off of their life, yes. Yeah, and in fact, I, I've always felt that if, um, if the Earth were clear, for instance, it would change, like, it'd be amazing to actually be able to see this, this what it truly means to be living on a sphere. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. that would be fascinating. Because um, I, I used to like, like you when I was little. I had a, a thought that I always try, and I remember asking several teachers this question, but um, I couldn't fi figure out how it works. Where if you dig a hole straight down and you just keep digging straight through, at what point are you tunneling up? You know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. just dig straight down. At what point are you no longer? Digging down, but you're digging up out of the. Uh, I would say at the, the ground point, but, but yeah. it is an interesting thing. If you actually had a hole, the, the, obviously, theoretically, because it's it going to happen. But if you had a hole that went from the entire planet, from like the North Pole to South Pole, and you jumped in, yes. it would take 42 minutes and 12 seconds to get from the t one pole to the other, and you'd come out whatever velocity you jumped in at, whatever initial velocity you jumped in, that's what you would come out at. You'd be like go up, and then you, and you would act, and that's which is really because. If you actually did a, a chord, like if you took the Earth and you had a chord, so you have the North Pole and you wanted to come out the equator, right, which would be like a 45-degree journey, right, yeah. and you jumped in that hole, yeah. it would still take you 42 minutes and 12 seconds. That's cool. Because cool. of the angle of distance, the way the angle shape and the way the gravity affects you, it still takes you the same amount of time. And isn't huh. it that you were, if you didn't do anything, if you just jumped in, that you would go all the way, almost all the way to the other edge, and then fall. You basically ping pong back and forth. Well, yeah, but if you if you forever. actually jumped in, you'd yeah. actually come out the other hole. You'd still exit it. Right, yeah, and then you'd you keep going to a certain point, and then you would yeah. fall then back down fall again. Back down, right. yeah. How would you exit it, though? Would you, like, if you jumped in feet first, would you come out of the hole feet first? Like up? 
Yeah, you would. Be, uh, yeah, you would. And hopefully, you have a friend there to grab you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, That's actually, now, 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 besides the fact weird. that you'd be crushed by the time before you long got to the center of the earth, right? Because of the temperatures and pressures, and you would, you would come out. Well, we're, we're saying as a human, but whatever. A Elon, Elon Musk has built a capsule. It is designed something to, to, to a submarine. <laughs> now, but another interesting thing about that is this is a little a mini what the if that uh, you'd be in free fall, the earth would still be turning. So if uh, that, that's right, you get you'd get Coriolis forces. Yeah, um, that could get messy fast. True. Yeah, you you'd be thrown oh, so outward. You'd be thrown outward. Yeah, depending on what angle that that hole was drilled. Uh, huh. That's tricky. fascinating. Um, um, yeah. So there's that's right. So it wouldn't if you if you wanted to survive, you probably don't want a straight shot. But there's some curve that would account for the Coriolis forces just right. So it would actually be sort of an S-shape going through the Earth. Yeah, you'd want good, to be in so something. weird how all of that works out. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you'd be flushing the toilet in your capsule, and then all of a sudden it would go the other way. I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> again, 4chan, 4chan, you guys figure that out. You know they have. You know they have. Yeah. They have a scam on the. Uh, and I, I just last year, Matt, I got in a, a big argument with a friend of mine because she went down to the equator, and they have this scam where they got on one side of the equator. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> they have it spinning one way, and they, they go like uh, twenty feet the other side, and it spins the other way. And she's like, "Oh, it's a demonstration of the Coriolis effect." And I'm trying to explain mm -hmm. to her that's a scam. It that's doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's all plumbing the, you know, the way they spin it, but your mm -hmm. plumbing determines which way it goes more, because the Coriolis effect. Only affects larger scales, like hurricane yeah. level stuff. Cold but hurricanes she, and things. Her, but her her um, understanding of it was such that she witnessed it with her own eyes. Even though I could explain to her why it wasn't the case, mm -hmm. the, the dissonance was there. That her belief was was all that mattered. Yes. I thought it had to exist, even though the physics doesn't allow for it. Doesn't matter. And I was like, for the longest time, I was losing my mind because I was like, I went to school with this person. I'm like, you, you were very smart in high school. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. Um, on the picture behind you, um, the, the flat earth you've got there has yeah. some nice hurricane type spirals. Yeah, I like yeah. those. That's, oh, that's one of the reasons that attracted mm -hmm. me to this. Um, and those form because of Coriolis forces. So that flat earth has to be spinning in some way to get those formations. So there's something interesting going on. Yeah, I, love, I like this. And then I increase some of the brightness and I change some of the hues yeah. from the original image. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting um, that it has an atmosphere that is also, also uh, square. <laughs> yeah. If you actually, so, actually, it does, I don't know if there's an atmosphere, but right here, jello. is it yeah. jello or firmament? <laughs> Can it be jello? <laughs> yeah. Can it be jello? Uh, there, we, there was a, there's a guy that has a video. Um, forget the channel off the top of my head, but, uh, he, I wanted to run this by you guys and tell me what you think about this. Now, his, the reason that he gives that the earth is not spinning is because he said that if, let's say you wanted to go to the, the Caribbean, all right, you could essentially get in a helicopter, go about 10 feet off the ground, and just wait for the Caribbean to rotate to your position. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's an argument that goes back again to the Greeks. You can find texts two and a half thousand years old um, that argue that. If you that jumped up, why don't you land, you know, you know, a mile down the way? You know. 
Although if you jump up high enough, that does happen, right? Well, yeah, once you get outside of the atmosphere, but the atmosphere is being dragged along with the Earth, and flat earthers don't understand the concept of drag. Um, mm-hmm. they, one of many concepts they don't they don't seem to get. Yeah, you need once you get a, a modern sense of inertia in the Newtonian sense, then the then the helicopter Caribbean experiment doesn't work anymore. Well, we, 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 we found out that Newtonian physics doesn't work um, according to was it Wanton uh, relative disproved Newtonian physics. He doesn't quite understand that it incorporates Newtonian physics. It explains Newtonian physics, but just adds more to it. But according to Wanton, our resident expert on these topics, Newtonian physics is good to know. All right, there we go. I I think I think that um, I think he gets the guy gets an A for creativity because I thought watching that that this was such a creative explanation for why why the other spins. Because I mean, if you if you think about it just in a simply you know in a simple sense. It well, would be kind of cool to get that up and argument help. goes back a Wait, long way. So. Come to you. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, that's been around for a very long time. That argument, if, you, you know, if, yeah. if we're spinning, if I jumped up, I don't land somewhere else, or I just right. Uh, like you said in a, in a helicopter. But... Helicopter. Creativity, definitely. What is the weather on a flat Earth? Well, that's that's an interesting yeah. question. So the dominant force that drives the weather on our planet is the fact that the equator generally is warmer than the poles mm, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you so the hot air pushes out from the equator towards the poles and then because the earth spins coriolis forces takes that outward push and gives it a twist so like if you look at a map of the dominant winds all around the earth you can see that spiral mm. pattern very closely right mm-hmm. um so let's see so on a flat earth let's assume that the sun goes around it um, or through it in the way we were talking before. Right. So you've got a hot side and a cold side. Yes. So you'd get winds going from the hot side to the cold side, the day side to the night side. Around the edges and through yeah. the sun hole. Um, there may be other holes, by the way, too. If Why is there just a, you know, a sun hole? There's got to be a moon hole. And yeah, that's right. So we talked about that would mess with yeah. you. Yeah, a lot of holes. So that's going to... So, yeah, so, so it's a so Swiss say, cheese model, the Swiss cheese flat earth model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so dominant yeah. winds would be from uh, the center of the day side towards the edges. And then if it was spinning, then maybe you'd get those same Coriolis forces and you could get some cool hurricanes forming in the center and moving out. That'd be fun. At the, at the, again, at the corners yeah what the hell is the wind i mean not not only are you it it seems like you'd be in danger of falling off the earth but you wouldn't but you would definitely be knocked down by the winds would be crazy yeah the The trees are tilted the wind is how the winds be blowing i I don't know around the corner yeah that's a scary place yeah Uh, that's right it would be a little terrifying well, if they what were, would be the well, center? Like, like, what would be the center place? Well, I still gotta, I gotta hang up with this wind thing because where would yeah. the air be? Co- like, you would be if you were standing on the end, mm-hmm. you would almost have to have like a, a low pressure suit, like a space suit, because oh, well, that's yeah, that's a good question. 
Yeah. Like, is the atmosphere thick? It would be like a, it would That's a it good would, question. Yeah, if it's rarefied, then you wouldn't have much, obviously, wind. It would have to be rarefied right. because it'd be like altitude mm -hmm. because gravity is the other direction. Which means, though, that means it's much thicker in the middle, though. Yeah, um, that's right. But I should say that's a, a relatively straightforward calculation. I think, like as, like, as Philip says, I always say, um, that's a good master's thesis for a physics student, right? Figure out the different distributions of atmosphere on a flat Earth. Totally doable. I'll bet you're right that it's going to be. Well, you'd also have to take into account um, that's, that's ex geological features, though, too. They're going to affect wind power. Yeah, they'll screw with things, too. Yeah. Wait, is that, would mountains go sideways, too, on the edge? Well, uh, well so mountains what is if? a hard question. Yeah. And actually, again, speaks to the, if you notice, the um, the one behind Steve there has a volcano on it. Right. Yeah, where's so the that, lava? <laughs> so that suggests it has tectonic plates. Yeah, Gosh. like it would all build up at those weird vectors right. at the end. Yeah, um, what's the geology? But how is tectonic yeah. plates going to work when you have the same uh, gravitational force on them, moving them toward the middle, right? Because yeah, that's going to be pretty weird. Gravity is going to be... Angled such that the out, further out you go, the more gravitational force you have pointing toward the center, which in right. this case would be like right in the middle here. So yeah. how how would plate tectonics work in that? Would be these mountains would be like, I don't even know how that would work. Well, exactly, you, it, it might not step mountains. It's almost like it's tending to form a sphere. Well, I think if we go if we went back to the idea that it had to be formed under massive spinning. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So it's huge centrifugal well, force that created this disc shape oh, anyway. You then, really wouldn't. Then the edge might be full of giant spikes. But then, then, then at the edge, like the, problem is, the problem is if, there, if you had the spin to counteract it and mm -hmm. down was towards the plate, yeah. then <laughs> you, the, the winds at the edge, I don't know. That would be, it, it, it'd be like a windfall. It would be cold. It would be cold. Volcanoes that were erupting and the lava going like outward, like, you know, sideways. So you have these yes. sideways volcanoes. Yeah, Would sure. You, if they're along like the fire because it's spinning, like along the edge of the coin. Um, yeah. That would be a pretty cool fire. image. Yeah. It's spinning yeah. flat earth, spewing lava out from it's, the edges. Yeah. And, that, and as, as, as a fire. Wait, and that works. Yeah. As, as it spews lava over the edge, that's mm -hmm. when you start forming the continents because it goes nice. flattens out. <laughs> That's pretty metal, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah I think we've got. I think we figured. I think we've got it. We got better uh, model than Jaronism's ass. <laughs> yeah, the the big spinning fire ring of sideways trees or Swiss, Swiss cheese model. You gotta have Swiss, Swiss cheese model. Yeah. yeah, with with sun holes and moon holes and um, this is a far out planet, man. I'm yeah. telling you. And I, I love it the idea of the spikes nine. on the like spokes on the end. All the that it's not a simple. It like would be a like coin. It'd be all these like you know. It's like a It'd be like dendrites. It's like at a, the edge. It's like when you drop something on the ground and it creates, you know, a, a splash pattern. That's what this Earth might. I like it. Flat Earth might look like on the edges. Yeah, I like and it. The moon, the moon would be actually what it is, which is a droplet that got, you know, pulled out. Yeah, solidified. So it works. It yeah. works. Yeah. How about that? You know, the, uh, what, however, if you had this model, wouldn't the wouldn't the stars just be going around like this? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't quite figured out that. Yeah, that I don't think that's another problem we have to work on maybe another time. But yeah, the stars, the stars would never go like below the horizon. You look up, you just see them going around like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the other stars, question is maybe the maybe the sky is not a firm, not like a dome. It's also a flat disk that has some kind of weird optical uh -huh. illusion. It. It's like a ceiling, you know. Uh -huh. I got it. 
so that what yeah, we appears came up with a better model than any flat earther has <laughs> yeah ever. No, I guess, I guess if it's in, a three, in 15 minutes here instead of having like a dome just over us could it be like a 3d dyson sphere around us and and you know the, the sure. pinpoints of light in this dyson sphere is it's collecting energy for god or something mm -hmm. um it's kind of rotating around us or something yeah like, i mean there's lots of possibilities you know one of, the, one of the suggestions <laughs> for uh, for this is that it's not actually that the stars rise and this is a very old um, uh, claim that the stars don't rise and set but they're actually annihilated as they hit the horizon every day and then they're mm. reformed the next morning you know it's funny you you, you wow. mock that but i actually have a photo of a nasa truck taking the sun as it going down and the trucks underneath are ready to catch it to haul it oh, away that's a great picture yeah, <laughs> yeah. i love that photo it's my favorite uh i wonder i wonder instantly my mind went to there has to be at least one person who will buy this. Like, even though it's a meme, one person will look at this and say, Oh, that's absolutely what they're doing. Yeah. I can't wait to see the CG, you know, <laughs> animation. Of this. Also, another, another possibility for the sun is that it, it going along with that idea that the stars might disappear. Um, it could be that it's not the sun hole is not a thing where the sun goes down and then goes around the other side and comes up back the other way. It could be that those are, there's two volcanoes. And every morning, you know, this uh, huge glob of gas. It's like it's like uh, Old Faithful in mm -hmm. um, Yellowstone. Spits it out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. spits out this huge thing and and throws it up in the air. And basically, it's like playing catch, like a lava lamp volcano, like those lava fountains, lava like those fountains, like a lava lamp. Yeah, I mean, those fountains at Walt Disney World. They're all that's timed. Right. That's right. That's what. But it wasn't is. that similar like the Chinese believe that a dragon ate the sun every morning and then. It was birthed anew. Yeah. Ooh, there's our ice dragon from uh, the, the ice dragon's doing it. The ice dragon. Oh, wait, are we inventing sun. religion too on this episode? Hey, yeah. you know what? A thousand years from now, there might be another. Why not? Yeah. I'm so jealous of the concept that you guys uh, came up with. That's such a cool idea. Oh, no, what it thing about? I kind of um, got jealousy on it as well, or envy. It's envy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about that idea. This applying is applying yourselves inside of you know these these type of ideas. I think is fascinating because it's like this a is, brilliant exegesis. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, well, come um, join us anytime. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, do you guys mind if uh, if we have any questions from the audience? Asking a couple oh, of sure. those. Yeah, we got questions. We got some super chats. Here. Um, cool. And okay. let me do the super chats because a couple questions in them. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's get the right thing here. Um, Ghostly Enigma. Let us know. Let us now pull back from the foreskin of ignorance and apply the wire brush of reality. Wow. That's ah, a big, right? Ouch. Ouch. Painful but effective. Yep. Yep. Um, how soy. Uh, I just wish the earth was hollow. So then we could drill a hole and just float weightlessly inside just for the fun of it. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah you know, that would be fun. Um, we need to get how on more often. He's a, he's a brilliant flat earth debunker. Um, JR prone. I just got out of the Navy and I worked with a guy on deployment who was a flat earther. I don't, I didn't know it was a thing. And I, he thought, I thought he was trolling me. <laughs> yeah, I would have too. I would have thought that somebody was trolling me. Uh, In a way, it is. is. It is a great troll. It is. Well, it is. That's, that's why I got into this whole community because I was, I had a friend who just kind of fell into flat earth. I was like, are you serious? Like, so he I'm really, like, I've it. known this guy for 23 years. And he springs this crap on me, and I'm like, "You have a telescope. You've taken pictures of the moon. Yeah, you've looked at stars and planets. Maybe some now of the you're telling me people. I I don't know. It's cool kids. If I have a cool snap kid. like that, just put me down. 
just put me down, get me out of my misery. I don't want to continue. No, Steve, it because because our ratings will go through the roof. Man. It will be so much fun <laughs> to watch. You know what? Replace uh, me with CGI. Nobody's going to give a fuck. And, All right. And <laughs> these are the next two questions. These are actually questions. You know, by the way, Art Bell. I think you know Art Bell. Who bless his soul. Right. He. I think he kind of went. You know, he started to see UFOs and stuff. I. You know what? I got to tell you, what? big art fan from this from early days, especially yeah. in the 80s. I listened to him on like KFI, I think it was, with my yeah. little crystal radio that I would build. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah. you know, I think that you're right. I think that I, I saw a change in him toward the end. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a topic. That's a whole new show. I think I with George Norrie and Art Bell and. Um, I think we could actually build a show just around that very concept. Yeah. It's hard to it's, it's hard to hear that kind of thing over and over, and that's what I fear for you and uh, for us. Yeah. it's it's. I think it's sometimes when you're in the middle of something like, and you're hearing it every day, some people are susceptible uh, susceptible to starting to go. Well, wait a minute. Okay, this guy has a little bit of a point here, and then you go on some time, and then another person will come on. And you go, well, wait, that's a good. Well, you know, but I don't, I'm going to look at, I think as people that are skeptical or skeptics or whatever the things you want to define yourself in the skeptic community, um, when we hear, uh, skeptics, you know, it's outrageous, a, a, an actual skeptic should just go, okay, you know what, let me, let me quickly analyze that. Oh yes, that's bullshit. Um, but less of the things I've already heard of before, but there are some things that, that you hear and you go, okay, you know what, it's a good argument, it's bad, but it's actually something I have to think about to just to debunk and let me show you why it's wrong and spend some time debunking it. I think that actually is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good, bad argument. Yeah, it's a good yeah. exercise. I, I, mm-hmm. I like good, bad arguments. Yeah. Cause those are the ones make you think. Yeah. I often have my yeah. students work yeah. through things they know are wrong and say, what would the logical argument for this thing be? And then dismantle it. Right. But you gotta, you gotta do the initial work of figuring out why someone would think that in the first place. I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. So here's, okay. How about uh, yeah. Matt? I'm going to give you the first question and then Philip, I'll give you the second one. Sure. Okay. All right, Matt, can flat earthers explain rainbows being curved? So how would a rainbow work in something like this? Oh, well, that's an interesting question. So rainbows are curved actually not because of the curvature of the earth. It's the because, Lord's covenant with <laughs> But because water droplets are round, um, rainbows, rainbows are essentially, uh, light that's bounced around inside a whole bunch of water droplets and then your eye is catching the edge of of some of that refracted light so you can totally have a rainbow um, on a flat earth it might raise some some uncomfortable questions for a flat earther but there's no no problem with the physics so where would the pot of gold be Oh, that's a good question. Well, the sun, the sun hole. The sun hole. <laughs> yeah, on the other side of the sun hole. Jump in the hot sun hole, you'll find it. The problem with it, <laughs> the problem with it is like if you look at a rainbow from the air, it's actually a circle. It's not a bow at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it kind of it kind of, it kind of does lend to the question though. Um, the 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 covenant, like you said, if I remember correctly, the rainbow was God's covenant never to flood the earth again. However, there are many people that believe in the Bible that don't accept the tradition or anything like that. So, does that covenant get thrown out of the, out of the, out of the way too? So, God never said that. Oh, that'd be a bummer. Yeah, I'm, oh. I, I I've yet yeah. to have somebody explain that one to me. If they don't believe that the flood ever happened, which of course it never did, then why did God make a covenant for something that never happened? But mm-hmm. anyways, digress. Um, okay, so Philip, this question is for you. Yes, sir. How, how do flat earthers explain the change in daylight hours from season to season? That's so funny. I was going to ask, yeah, a question about. You were going to ask that same question, weren't you? So, yeah, the season. Well, I was wondering, how, how do you, what do you do with the seasons? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would think that we have to say that actually, the seasons themselves are caused by a bizarre thing that's that's even now still hard for my mind to wrap itself around. But the idea that uh, right, the, the Earth 
stays in the same position in space as it goes around the sun. So like a gyroscope. <clears throat> anyway, it's hard to imagine, right? Um, so the flat Earth could still be doing that, you know, that whatever the orientation is, although it couldn't maintain perfect stationary orientation in space like the Earth does, because that would mean, well, well, I don't say how you, all you would get just like at the North Pole, or just like at the North Pole or the South Pole, you get six months of darkness. I think so you're, we might you're, wind up with something like that, like two. But you have, you have a couple of other things going on, though. So see, see if we can work with this. Here's yeah. your here's your sphere of the Earth. Mm -hmm. Now we're tilted at twenty three and a half degrees. So that yeah. axis, like you said, that does change. So let, just like a sky gyroscope, we're all gonna, always going to have a reset. Uh, we have a velocity angle of velocity going around that that um, line. That, right. Right. So so when we're on the other side of the, the, the sun, right, when we're transmissioning around the sun, the Earth will always stay at that angle rotating around that. But we also have the fact that during summer, we're further away from the sun and winter, we're closer. So now we have this weird thing that you have to explain on a flat Earth by which we're closer to the sun. We're further away from the sun. We're hotter during the summer, even though we're further away from the sun. But our our directionality is, is facing more onward. Yeah. It's on to the sun. Yeah. I, I don't see that it's going to work. With Although, I got to say sun. that from a sci-fi world building point of view, whatever the sun would do on that planet would be really cool. Spring and spring um, and uh, what, what's the uh, fall? autumn, <laughs> mm -hmm. you would have the sun edge on for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. uh, as you do in the Arctic, for instance, but you get if the Earth is truly flat, I mean, the shadows would be. It'd be does, does it glow from the edge or just the face? Is it like a, does it emit light from the edges? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, Antonio Subrats answered that question about the seasons, Steve, if you remember. Um, there were three suns in the beginning. And. Um, do you, do you they, know where I think you may have got that from? Three where? Uh, well, because. We are we're, we're the sun is a fourth generational star, and so there was three generations prior to that. And I think he's thinking somehow that means there was three well, stars prior or something. I don't know. His, ex his explanation was that there were three suns that spun around the planet, and once um, something happened with God or something like that, where he forced the suns to come together as one. So the sun now is actually three suns. But that as it spins from this from the center, that's that's the seasons. So it spins from the center outward like this to the outsides of the earth, and then so you get the seasons. As the sun moves across mm -hmm. the disc, it's getting further away from this side, so you are in winter. And as it comes back to, to the starting point, that's Isn't when that you, just like daylight. How's that different from daytime nighttime? Oh, I'm I'm just saying the, the sun and the moon spin like this. The daytime nighttime it gets further away from you too, right? That's, yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm just I'm just repeating what uh, Antonio said, and, and you know, I'm thinking he has some credibility here. These theories take you know it's complicated. It takes time to learn. And My mind can't understand. So yeah, <laughs> so I'm glad you guys are here to help me out because uh, <laughs> yeah, I have some limitations in my ability I'm to thinking, think like flat earther. <laughs> maybe there's two big volcanoes in that hole we were talking about earlier. Sure, or of a slot. Yeah, I should say, I mean, you could, I, I, I have no doubt that you could write down an equation of motion for the sun that would duplicate things like the seasons. Uh, 
because that's essentially like the old geocentric the old geocentric models um of Mm -hmm. the solar system could replicate all of these things perfectly well they could predict when you know the solstice was and so on um Mm -hmm. you just take whatever motion that we would attribute to the earth like the spin and attribute it to some celestial body instead like the firmament Mm. or the sun um so with sufficient mathematical cleverness you can make that work here's an idea by the way from the fourth dimension from a higher dimension is the spherical earth does it appear flat we would be uh, a third-dimensional hypersurface of a fourth-dimensional hypersurface. <laughs> so, right. So it's flat so in, to a, them, meta- it was in sort a metaphorical of, sense. Yeah. 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 It'd look like lines on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's a fourth-dimensional hypercube, like this, for example, would be a three-dimensional cross-section of a fourth-dimensional hypercube, would it not sure. be? It would look so, like a drawing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what's going on. Go read saying. Flatland. Great book. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, the movie Dark um, City also, without a spoiler, I'll just say, if you see the movie Dark City, there is a kind of cool visuals that happen. Have any of you seen it? I haven't, but I, I have. want to. Check it out. It's a great it's fantastic. Great it's fantastic. Weird. But uh, I want to thank uh, both of you for coming on. This was fascinating. Awesome. I mean, I loved every second of uh, this. We would love to have you guys come back on and do... Um, I would love to have you come back on and actually do simulation theory. Sure. You can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's something me and Steve have been talking about, um, looking into and uh, exploring a little bit further. So that would be awesome. Cool. Yeah. We ha- actually, I uh, passed uh, a fairly recent one. Yeah. In fact, part two, we did a two part simulation. Uh, what the if, and uh, the second episode literally just went up yesterday. Excellent. It happens to be, yeah. Check those out. Yeah. Do that. So um, I'm gonna let you guys uh, make any closing statements you want. Obviously, uh, let everybody know where they can go and um, find out more about you guys and listen to your um, podcast. Guys, make sure that you check out their podcast. The link is in the description, and it is fantastic. So definitely go out and um, listen to these guys and rate them on iTunes. Give them those five stars and uh, leave the comments. But we'll turn it over to you guys to um, close us out. Well, thank you. I mean, I, and cool. and. Right back at you. This, this has been a total blast of time. Of totally, yeah. totally flew by and um, psyched to have discovered your show. And um, like I said, if, if any of our, uh, hopefully some of our audience came here and this is the first time you're, you're seeing this show too, absolutely subscribe on YouTube and check out your guys' Patreon, which I'm sure you'll, you'll mention later. Um, so What The If, uh, our website is whattheif.com, uh, we, where you can... Uh, see uh late you, you can listen to all the our episodes or up to 50 ish episodes and there's a little bit of biography stuff about uh, me and matt um and you can contact us there and all that stuff too uh we have a very vibrant twitter community which i'm psyched about uh so we on twitter we are uh, at what the if show um, all one word and uh, follow us there and chime in we do have a fun thing we do uh by the way if we are always open to people throwing ideas at us and we can run with them so if if anybody suggest ideas and if we pick up any of those ideas and we run with them as we often have take fan ideas uh you you are called a super ifer and we will in gratitude as by the way i'm going to do to both of you guys we in gratitude will send you finger puppets from uh, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Uh, 
Carl Sagan, Finger Puppet, Einstein, Galileo. We have, and, and there's some science fiction characters, uh, Spock and Scotty and different things. Right? That, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Yeah, they, you I actually probably time. know who they are yeah. without knowing them. You've seen their stuff, I'll bet. Probably. They make smart, they, their motto is they make smart. Is that, is, that a, is that a slide against philosophers not being able to actually get a real job as they graduate? Quite possibly. Yeah. Well, possibly? The, my, my friends who run it, we're, brilliant. We're, we're it. Uh, yeah. So philosophersguild.com is their website. I love that. That's yeah. brilliant. Check out their gifts. Yeah, they're great. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, uh, Matt and uh, Matt is at NYU, and you should go there and take his class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt? Um, but yeah, if you want us to change some aspect of the universe for you, um, drop us a line. <laughs> They'll make it happen. Excellent. They'll, they'll, yeah. You know what? Flat Earthers, go to them if you actually want to model or anybody else. You know, model for something, they'll, they'll, they'll make it for you. Yeah. A bonus point if you take what you've heard from us tonight and sketch it out so we can see the big volcano ring big of fire, sideways trees wow. model. Swiss cheese. Um, I'd actually be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm expecting Nathan Oakley or Sleeping Warrior or even Darrenism to run with something we said. Come on, we gave you guys some really good ideas. I would love to see images of the brave people. There's going to be a sport at the sun hole. People who try to be be, be the last out of the sun hole before the sun sunhole comes diving. in. Come on, it's a thing. That's yeah, excellent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jump it Get like out you before the sun know. comes up. Get out, you're going to die. Yeah, that's right. Brace the sun. Yeah. So, Fox will probably pick that up. To, to come after yeah. Survivor, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so uh, this went by fast. I, I'm not even kidding. It's, I it can't did. Um, it went by really quick. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you both uh, once again for coming on here. This has been uh, fantastic. We would love to have you guys back to uh, talk about simulation theory soon. Mm-hmm. And um, guys, go check them out. It, you will not be disappointed. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And with that, we will say good night. All right. Thanks for having us, guys. Absolutely. Good night. This was awesome.